I'm trying a different uh, setup here where I can like view my audio and on a second computer view the notes so that I can get a little more live viewing of my yeah files. Nice. 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 All right. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. One, two, three. Hit it, boys. Uh. <laughs> get together. Have a few laughs. Uh-oh. Shit, lady. Do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? Lady, put the freaking gun down on the ground right now. Take your son across the freaking street and say that he's gonna get you. Hello. You're listening to Where There's a Willis, There's a Way, a podcast about Bruce Willis. My name's Kendrick Martin. And I'm Josh Carter. Today, we're not going to be doing our normal thing. We're going to be doing our different thing, which is to say, this is a sweet little bonus episode full of topics, trends, and we're going to wrap it up with a review of... The Suicide Squad? A Suicide Squad? What's the actual title of that movie? It is, I believe, uh, The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. How does it differentiate between The Suicide Squad from 2015 or whatever? The previous one. 2016? Yeah. A lot of ways. I I, actually just... I mean in title. I mean in title, like... (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, oh, <laughs> stupid me trying to be all in depth about it. <laughs> uh, it's about, got about a three letter difference, I believe. So the first one doesn't have the the. Yeah. Uh, um, although if we use the, if we take into account like what we've learned with our Willis rating system, it's a four character difference. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so this one is yeah. ostensibly the better of the two, just because it's a yeah. longer title. <laughs> Yeah, it's got four characters more. How could it not be better? <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to be talking about that at the end of this review, and we'll have a spoiler and spoiler-free section, so stay tuned for that. We also have just kind of like a retrospective. We're, we're approaching 10 years of Bruce Willis movies that we've talked about from uh, 1988 to 1998. We have a few more episodes left, and then... We're going to be changing up some stuff here on the pod, so we're going to be talking about that. But first, Joshua, mm-hmm. how are things going? What's new with you? Things are going. Um, I am going to be doing some teaching stuff in the fall for a theater group that I did that camp for. I think I mentioned it in the Armageddon episode, and I had a lot of fun with it, and I'm super excited to go teach with them this fall and then they're also kind of a newer theater group so they're looking to grow their improv program and they're gonna take some feedback on that sort of thing and i have a lot of feedback on it because i've been doing improv stuff for a long time now so i'm putting together like a pitch and stuff like that and talk with them and hopefully that'll all go okay and then i got another friend who's getting married in a few days so excited about that i have to um you know, uh, freshen up my best man speech, and by freshen up, I mean uh, completely write that thing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going, it's going. How about you? It is good for everybody to have their best man speech on hand. You wouldn't want to, you know, just not have one. So if you don't have one out there, listener, you should go ahead and just get one going, and then you just need to freshen it up every once in a while. What if someone says, "Hey, I'm a woman. Do I need a best man speech?" 
Well, sure. It's not, I'm not saying you as a man are giving a speech. I'm saying you need your very best of a man speech, which, you know, you can give to, to give to anybody. You just sometimes need to give a man speech to someone that's kind of like mansplaining something. Uh, I see. <laughs> I had no idea that that's what a best man speech is. Thank you for that that little insight. I feel like I'll be able to give a much better speech now. Yeah, I really hope you uh, compare your best man speech to best mansplain. Because <laughs> I feel like that's... Uh, yeah, anyway. Well, let me tell you how this whole marriage thing works. Like, put my leg up on the table. Yeah. All right, listen up, everybody. <laughs> Take up three seats on the subway. Uh, <laughs> the subway like of life. Really, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's good. I'm excited to hear more about your improv class as things go along. I... So I don't know if we've talked a whole lot on this podcast or not, but Josh and I used to do improv together uh, in person IRL. And in the before times, yeah, COVID kind of put the, the, uh, the stop to that really ended the old, you know, meeting in person and yelling at people thing. I remember it was (laughs) late February, I think maybe early March before any of the shutdowns happened, obviously there was an improv show that happened and uh, we were there and we got up and did some performances and the, the, the kind of the MC was like, just try not to touch people. And I definitely like tap someone on their shoulder. And later I was like, Oh no, I touched somebody. And I was like, dang, it's hard to do improv without, you know, any physical contact. And then the next week they're like, well, we got to shut the whole city down. And I probably was the reason why, because I touched that guy's shoulder. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but I played an old man in one scene. And so I had like a fake cough, uh, <laughs> during that week. Yikes. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that feels like a long time ago. It does. It feels like a long, 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 long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, can can you believe it? When when uh, the start of coronavirus hit, it was closer to the release of the movie Joker than um, it it is to now. So what you're saying can, is, can you believe that the coronavirus was closer to Joker <laughs> than Joker is to today? Yes. <laughs> wow, we're really wait no we're really breaking wait, no, ground no, no, on no, math no, here. No, no. I was trying to think of a movie that came out like right around when coronavirus started in the U.S. and started to become a big deal. So that was all that I could think of. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks for tying it into our, uh, you know, our DC movie of the of the day. Yeah, that was on purpose. Hey. (laughs) All that to say, though, I have been kind of keeping my eye out on if the improv place we we took classes is going to reopen and offer classes again i haven't seen anything and now that this delta variant and delta plus variant and delta quadrant variant and all the other various things are happening i'm a little more skeptical in that possibility happening Mm -hmm. um but hopefully that would be a great dream to you know return i have really missed doing any sort of theatrical performance i had taken a long sabbatical before our improv class and then it really fell in love with stage performing and god was like nope sorry <laughs> the world isn't ready yet 
Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, so I mentioned a few episodes ago that we got a puppy and he is still... Pupcast update. Yeah, the Pupcast update. Pup date, you might say. He's <laughs> still a puppy. Aw. Has not stopped being a puppy. Aw. Is he still a little bit of an asshole? Yeah, he's getting a little better. We went out of town last weekend for our wedding anniversary, and we uh, put him in a um, like a doggy daycare or kennel or whatever they're called for the mm-hmm. for the weekend and it was like freeing to just go to sleep at night without wondering if your dog was going to wake you up to have to pee <laughs> for that one weekend and i was like ah uh but then when i picked him up he was so exhausted from spending the weekend playing with dogs he's just slept all this week for yep most of the time and i was like yes yes this is good dog this is good He's getting a lot better. He's grown um, more than double since we got him back in June. So he, we got him at wow. around 12, 12 and a half pounds, and he's over 25 pounds now. Wow. We did the math, and he's going to be a good dog. <laughs> a good big dog. Well, I just double-checked the numbers, and it looks like that is correct. Yeah. He is going to be a good dog. Yeah, although your numbers are also telling us that the Joker came out in the past more closer <laughs> to the past than the past is to us. So I don't know if I trust you as, you know, mathematician or anything. Uh, uh, but yeah. Well, like a math magician. I make my own math. Oh. Yep. Um, we're getting ready to go on vacation for a couple weeks. And this vacation has been planned for, you know, almost a year now. So well before we got this dog and we are gonna be gone for just over two weeks and i um i feel like he's not quite to the age where i would want someone else to watch him just because you know with puppies you still have to get up sometimes in the middle of the night and they can be assholes even though he's he's responding pretty well to training and we've taken into some classes and things and he's he's learned a lot i still don't feel like I would want someone else to have to suffer the two weeks to watch him. So we've been, <laughs> we've been looking for a, uh, a kennel or something that can keep him for two weeks. And that's partly why we did this trip last weekend was to kind of test him out and see how he would do a weekend away. But mm-hmm. all of the kennels are booked. Those two weeks were gone and we've gone through four plus of them now. And, uh, there's the fifth that I am having him, um, g- sending him through this like assessment process here in next week. Um, and if that passes, they said they have availability. So fingers crossed that that works. Um, wow. Yeah. I was just like calling all of these ones and they all have, most of them <laughs> won't answer their phone cause they're so understaffed. And so you have to send them an email and then you just are hoping and praying and, Yep. Yep. Yeah, I used to work at a dog kennel for a while, so I can definitely see why they would be booked up in August. There were times when in my kennel we would have 95 pets there at the same time. Oh, jeez. And, like, keeping track of 95 pets, they, like, aren't all socialized, so they all don't get to play together. Some of them just go on walks and stuff like that. But keeping track of, like, this one can't have bedding. This one is allergic to these things. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't want their owners don't want them to get a walk outside because they're worried that an eagle will swoop them up. Um, yada oh, yada wow. yada. 
It's a very specific fear. Yeah, they're like, my dog cannot see the sun, basically, the entire time that they were there. Are you sure they're not vampires? I don't know. This dog could have been, for all I know. But yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Some other dogs would get, like, green beans and, like, uh, sweet potatoes, like, on top of their food and stuff. And you're like, God, this dog is eating better than I am as I, like, go home and eat Cheerios with my leftover water that has been sitting out all the i don't know but it's you know you know you can just get fresh water you don't have to use leftover water oh true true <laughs> man young josh really missed out on fresh water yeah so all that to say i i hope this all works obviously there are more there's plenty of kennels in town and we haven't gone through them uh the real we bummer was we had like worked out one super super close like just you know, three blocks away and he had gone through the assessment. Everything was fine. They had loads of availability. And then we said like, oh, well, we're going to be gone this week in September. And they're like, oh, that's the one week a year we're closed. Oh. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so then we were like, beep, 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 quick search, find, seek. Um, so, yeah, that's been fun. Wow. And by fun, I mean it's intense. not fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so we've talked a couple times about going to see movies in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. I've seen a handful. I don't know if, have you been to the, a movie theater recently? No, I haven't been in, in a hot minute and I'm kind of waiting to see if there's going to be a movie that I'm going to really want to watch. Like I'm unfortunately part of the problem where if a movie comes out on HBO and it's released in theaters, I'm like, but I, I could just watch it at home <laughs> and then I'll, I'll watch it at home instead of watching it in the theater as God intended. Mm. Um, but if there was a, I can't remember when Dr. Strange is coming out. I think that's coming out this fall. I'll probably go see that one in the theater. I think that's next summer actually, but I could be wrong. Oh, what? Yikes. All right. Well, we got to wait a while then. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure. I saw black widow in the theater. Um, yeah, there's a, we don't have to dive into it super deep because I don't know a lot of the details, but uh, they released it on Disney premiere or whatever, where you, if you have Disney plus you pay an extra $20 to rent black widow, uh, for a brief period of time. They've done it with some other movies, but in addition to it being in the movie theater and Scarlett Johansson's, um, contract was, was for a percentage of the box office revenues. And so Mm -hmm. she's suing Disney because of, the fact that their streaming release is completely eating into her, her take, which I, uh, only because they don't pay the actors like the similar percentage to what they would pay them for each movie yeah. ticket sold. Right. And <laughs> they, they're kind of just like being like, fuck off. I, uh, <laughs> about that whole thing. you know, we've talked a lot when we've talked about box office revenues, you know, for Bruce Willis movies mm-hmm. that, any modern movie, it's really hard to find that number because you can't just go to like Box Office Mojo, Box Office Mojo, and say, "Show me the Netflix views on this release or whatever." We have no idea yeah. what Cosmic Sin made because it didn't have a normal, you know, theatrical release. And even then, m- most a lot of these modern straight to VOD movies aren't going to release their numbers necessarily. We just kind of have to dig and hunt and hope that we can find anything. Um, yeah. Well, and even like their budgets aren't disclosed sometimes with these newer movies either. Yeah. Like, I, I still don't think I can find Cosmic Sin's budget unless I was, like, I think I saw a number and that might be right, but there's, yeah. it's hard to confirm right. these sorts of things. Uh, so yeah, I've, I have like one of those 
movie theater subscription services where you pay $20 a month and you get unlimited movie tickets. Um, so I've been going a handful of times just because the movie theater experience is going to be better than watching it at home. Uh, mm-hmm. and for the, and every movie I've been to except one, it was like myself and maybe two other people in the theater. So I felt pretty comfortable, uh, you know, spread out from everyone. Um, but with this recent uptick in COVID, uh, cases and outbreaks, I'm becoming a little more wary. I really wanted to see the green Knight. I think it's called that there's mm-hmm. a, uh in the th- and that's only in theaters it's not available for streaming um and so i thought about maybe seeing that this week but it, that might be the last movie i go to the theater for a while i'm not sure uh partly yeah, partly because i totally feel you partly because when we're we're about to go on vacation we need a negative covid test um to fly to leave the country and so even if um, you know, I get an asymptomatic case just from being out in public. That would still be ruin a lot of plans if I get a positive test. Um, so that oh, yeah, making certainly. me especially cautious, but then additionally, you know, there are increasing mass mandates in the County that Portland's in and you, uh, Oregon is not as bad as the other parts of the United States, which aren't as bad as the other parts of other parts of the world, but it's still, trending in the direction you don't want it to see so yeah well and like the right now most of the cases are among the unvaccinated of the hospitalizations at least um and i think cases too but the concern is obviously if something were to mutate and it's only after a while of it's it's like an inevitability if it's left untreated and it isn't taken seriously by enough of the population that there will be some sort of variant that'll break through. Mm-hmm. So, so hopefully, um, you know, things improve. Hopefully, we don't have kind of a disastrous winter. I know beyond the fact that people are getting sick and dying, it's also extremely stressful to put your kids kids in school and then have school schools close or just kind of the changing moving targets that, that can cause. So uh, does your, is your work impacted by any of this? So we got the memo that we don't have to wear masks anymore because Oregon lifted their mask mandate officially. Um, and even though the CDC is recommending that people still mask at, or they are now again, recommending people mask regardless of vaccination status, if you're indoors, um, it hasn't, it's not everybody that's following it and I'm not super great about following it every day, but when it's just like me and my coworkers in there, sometimes they'll take my mask off. But recently I've been wearing it more just because I've got a wedding on Saturday and I really don't want to get sick before it or carry something to the wedding. So I feel like I'm trying to be extra cautious, especially this week. Yeah, I, um, had gone back and forth, you know, once the mask mandates dropped early summer, I started being more comfortable going places without a mask. But yeah, it's probably in this past month I've started wearing a mask, mostly indoors. I don't eat indoors anymore. Um, anytime if we go anywhere, we make sure to stay outside. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're not seeing, we're back to really not seeing people um other than like our immediate pod and bubble so yeah i'm sure it's 
overly precautious, but it's uh, better safe than sorry, I guess. Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah. So, I we ha- I do hope that we get a chance to see a Bruce Willis movie in the theater. I know that there's like some uh, ones that are coming out now that I don't think are going to get a theatrical release, but possibly. It's hard to say. They're definitely not getting a lot of good buzz. Switchblade switch in the grass or whatever yeah. it is. Tall, tall, tall blade of grass. Tall blade in the, in the switch grass. Tall, yeah. tall grass. <laughs> tall blade. Blade Tallson. And then there's another one. Um, uh, I don't know. You just Google search Bruce Willis. It'll probably show up. Mm. Um, speaking of reviews, I was thinking about this um, because in preparation for this, you know, bonus chit chat, I reviewed kind of the movies we had talked about trying to decide if maybe I wanted to reorder my list at all. And I'm curious as to what your opinion on the star ranking system is. It's not a, uh, it's a relatively new concept as far as like humankind is, is, has become like, um, the, I don't know if you're familiar with like the Michelin star ranking system, but Michelin, the French company that makes tires, they also made a travel guide, make a travel guide that is still made. And they would give stars to restaurants that were what they would consider to be the best restaurants. And so mm-hmm. now um, I, I don't think I'm going to, this was kind of when, Tour, tra- car tourism was becoming a thing, so the 60s and 70s. And I don't know if they were the first people to create the star rating system, but uh, it's one of the first first uh, records that I could find. And, you know, you would get one star if you were, like, a great restaurant. And otherwise, you just were listed. Um, and then they, they, come, they came out with the two-star rating system, and then now they have the three-star rating system. And really for any restaurant to get one star is an honor and three stars is pretty unheard of and very rare. And partly because Michelin really focuses on specific demographics and areas of the world. So you can have a great restaurant in a country that they just don't make a tour guide for and you'll never get a star. Uh, But now the Michelin three-star restaurants are some of what people consider to be the best restaurants in the world. All that to say, um, I know that people put a lot of weight in star rating systems. Like a lot of times when we go out to eat, you just quickly look on Yelp or Google and you're like, Hey, is it rated five stars? Sure. Let's go for it. Um, and I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of created this, this system where if it's good, it's five stars. If it's bad, it's one star. And I think it's kind of spread to other things also. Like when people rate books or movies, people give, Movies they like four stars or five stars or whatever, and then movies they didn't like one star. And I'm I was mm-hmm. I was curious as to outside of you know Bruce Willis, which we've kind of spent some time in nuance in. Do you tend to rate using the full five five stars on a five star system? I don't know what does Letterbox use. Does it have a five or a four star system? Yeah, Letterbox is five star. I was just looking at my Letterbox like reviews right now or um, ratings. Yeah, I think that what you're saying is totally true. Well, people will kind of 
do there's kind of like two tendencies when it comes to rating systems it's to either rate the extremes so you'll see this a lot of times in like sexist takes on movies where they'll be like oh i don't like captain marvel for whatever reason women blah 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 one star and it's like well captain marvel isn't my favorite movie either but i don't think it's a one star and then uh I know of another person where the way that they use letterboxes, they were like, you know, I'm going to just, it's kind of like the guide that you were talking about earlier where it's, I will write down that I saw a movie, but if I absolutely loved the movie, it gets a five star and that's it. That's the only Mm. ranking that I give out on there. And I like that relentless positivity. I, I really do admire that a lot. I cannot do that. I am unfortunately a little bit more negative than that, but whenever I'm, looking at movies and stuff, I try to kind of have a decent spread because I don't want just to have all my movies be like two and a half stars or three stars or whatever. And I think that there's a lot of value in the star system, um, but it only really gives you a good average when everybody's actually ranking movies, what they feel like they should be. Um, and then, like, secondly, you're only going to get a lot from that if you know the types of people that are ranking the movie. So, like, if everybody rates, let's, like, take a, um, what was the, the Bruce Willis action movie that was, like, 92? Is that action comedy with him and uh, Damon Wayans? Uh, let's see. Uh, Last Boy Scout. Yeah, Last Boy Scout. So if you look at, like, something like that, the types of people that are going to rate last boy scout five stars are probably not going to rate other movies that I, I like that are not like the last boy scout in the same range. So you kind of have to like take into account the people that go out there and seek out movies in order to leave reviews of the movies because that also affects it. But I don't think it's not useful at the same time. So I think it's it's a give and take sort of thing. The thing that I do find more useful than like looking at the average review of a movie, though, is figuring out which type of people you tend to understand their critiques of movies, regardless of whether or not you agree with them. As long as you understand where they're coming from, you can set a barometer based on what they say about a movie and then go, okay, they liked it. They tend to like action movies more than I do. So it's kind of a mixed bag or they liked it. And it was a really artsy movie. And I tend to like artsy movies already. So I'm probably really going to like this movie. I think that's more useful than just being like, uh, the average rating for die hard on letterbox is 4.1 stars out of 3.2 K reviews. Okay. Then I know that it's about a four star movie. It's like, Oh, that's, that's going to be a little bit less useful than just finding out some critics to follow and then basing what, what their trends have been and what your interpretation of their trends have been to kind of extrapolate that subconsciously over the course of other movies that they review. If that makes sense. Long winded response. (laughs) Uh, I totally agree that um, that is what I will do with, most anything is I have people that I, you know, trust and understand their opinions on things. And and like you said, know where they're coming from. And then Mm -hmm. I can be like, well, I'm going to probably want to check this movie out because they said it was their favorite movie of the year, or I'll probably wait because they said it was really bad um, or, or stuff like that. Not, not as if I'm going to have the exact same view as them, but um, 
as far as like me reviewing things, I uh, don't, I, I watch a lot of movies, so I kind of just stopped giving star ratings to them. Uh, I wish I could, but um, yeah, I think a good comparison. So for books, because I read, you know, fewer books than I do watch movies uh, on Goodreads, I will try to actually take the time to write a review and leave a star rating and read other people's reviews more so than I do with movies. And I don't know why, why I do that specifically, but uh, it seems that I do that with books more. And I wish I was better at writing reviews for movies, particularly on Letterboxd. I think it would be a good exercise in, you know, stretching my ability to explain why I like something. But I would say I'm probably, I just try to be internally consistent with the star rating. So if I, you know, I liked, I loved it, it'll be a five star. If I thought it was, even if I didn't think it was a great movie, I guess. Mm, mm-hmm. Same same with books. If yeah. I, I I worry that sometimes that I am always rating things, you know, a four star or a two star because I'm always I'm always telling myself, man, there could be a worse movie out there, so I'm not going to give this a one star, or there could mm-hmm. be a better movie out there, so I don't know if I want to really rate this four. So that's where I I try to figure out my own internal consistencies, particularly with like how do I star rate things, but yeah. I totally get that. Like on my letterbox, I have four movies that are five stars and I have um, many more that are half stars, but not that many at all. <laughs> Most of them are definitely in the middle there. Um, you say many more that are just like one half of a star? Yeah. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm always kind of fascinated to see how different people, some people are very meticulous on like rating and ranking things and they use Mm -hmm. letterbox letterboxed a lot more than me. Um, I love finding people's lists and kind of like reading them and being like, Oh, how do I, how do I, how do my feelings compared to this person? But I'm not the kind of person who's out there making, you know, their best movies that are alliterations with suicide squad being the first or, or I don't know, whatever the kind of ridiculous lists you see out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do see some pretty, pretty zany lists and those are fun to peruse, but I do not have the patience for those. Same thing with like the, like weird Spotify playlist where people will like t- tell a story based on the song titles oh, that they'll put yeah. in there. Yeah. Well, Fascinating stuff. Do not have the patience <laughs> for that. You should, uh, write your best man speech in song titles and then you just play the playlist <laughs> instead of giving a speech. <laughs> oh boy. That's actually a brilliant idea. I'm trademarking this. Yeah. My speech is actually going to be uh 17 hours. Sorry. Um, <laughs> got a deal. Uh, sorry. Anybody else giving a speech? Uh, I uh, have this great idea that I need to have play out. They're like, well, the wedding's ending now. I'm like, I'll send you the rest of the playlist so you get the rest of the speech. You're like, oh, no, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I. That's why I almost don't want to, when we do our Bruce Willis movies, I almost don't want to 
think about it too much beforehand because I tend to, mm. I get analysis paralysis where I'm like, did I like this more than that? Did I like this less than that? And instead I just kind of wait till I'm in the moment and throw a dart at my screen and say, it goes there. And then I yeah. also need a new screen because I threw a dart at it. But <laughs> I was going to say you should get a magnetic one so it doesn't ruin the screen. But unfortunately, magnets and computers don't uh, like to play nice with each other. <laughs> that's not so much as the thing anymore that they have solid state drives in most modern new computers. Yeah, I guess that is true. But I still don't think magnets really like monitors. Yeah, I don't think they would stick. It would just kind of ding off. And then I would have a smudge on my computer. And yep. no idea where the movie would go. That's the biggest thing. Yep. Oh yeah, that is true. I it's interesting that you approach like the the podcast that way because that is so the opposite. I've spent before like up to forty five minutes writing a review for a movie that we're going to talk about on the podcast, and that's why I don't feel like I can really watch a movie and then just roll straight into recording because mm. I feel so so uh like discombobulated because I haven't had enough time to get all my thoughts together on yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, I yeah. feel, so that is interesting. I often, I go back and forth. Sometimes I really need like a decompression. I think with heavy movies, particularly I need to kind of sit with my thoughts and think about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes I almost want to talk about, uh, not not so much the podcast. This is more just like going to see a movie with friends because yeah. I don't want my feelings to be altered by any online discourse. I want to be able to kind of like set my thoughts aloud before going and reading some review that's like, this movie was great for this reason. And then my mind goes, oh yeah, maybe it was better than I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with, you know, reevaluating how you feel, but I kind of want to at least put put words to my thoughts before feeling like i'm just regurgitating kind of the general consensus of things so that you're more artistically consistent when it comes to the vision as far as like stuff that you like or didn't like in a movie yeah and at least once if i have to if i'm asked a question that says what did you like about this movie and i have to you know respond in the form of a sentence well that's better than kind of just being like i like that movie and then i go read a review that Mm -hmm. lists all the great things and then i go yeah that's why i like that movie um yeah so and that's just yeah. kind of like my personal need for kind of a a structure in order to voice my thoughts. Oh yeah. Well, I've definitely had lot, many good times of just like going out to for food after watching a movie um and then just talking about it and stuff and getting people's thoughts on it and everything. So I've I've always appreciated stuff like that, so I uh, think I think there's definitely a value for both. Yeah, I miss I miss going to see movies with your friends and then going out for dinner or mm-hmm. burgers afterwards and just kind of talking about what you liked of the movie. Yeah, yep. Um, well, Josh, I wanted to spend some time here in this episode talking about this podcast so far. So we've done thirty-one episode, thirty-one regular episodes. Is that right? That 30- sounds a about 30, right. 31, 32, second. something like that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I don't have a <laughs> moonlighting on my letterbox list because it's a show. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have rated 28 movies. We did not rate uh, Four Rooms or The Player. So that was one mm-hmm. episode. And then we did two episodes on 
Moonlighting. And then we did another yep. bonus episode here or there. So yeah, probably like in the thirties somewhere. I know we mentioned this on air, but we you know, we have over a thousand listens, which has been a cool milestone to pass. Woo! I'm probably at least nine hundred of those. <laughs> um so that means there's that you know, a good handful of people out there listening to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I've also listened to pretty much every episode. There's some where I edited the episode and I was like, you know, I've already heard this episode enough. I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So I don't listen to those, but yep, same. Typically, I do. We we trade off recording duties here and there, and whoever, whenever I don't edit, I always listen because I like to laugh at our jokes that we tell. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Usually I'm like editing right up till the minute I publish it. So I'm like, I don't need to re-listen to this thing I've been listening to a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are, like I said, at the top, we've, we're reaching the end of, not only we're we reaching the end of the 90s, but we're kind of passing up on 10 years of Bruce Willis movies. Uh, we started with Blind Date in 1988 and... So it's been about 10 years. I There's been a lot of fascinating things you can kind of call out about Bruce Willis's career. Uh, mm-hmm. And I really think the 90s and early 2000s are going to be the some of the best time to talk about. It seems like just kind of looking over the list that his variety really starts to decrease and the public perception of his movies kind of start to go down as you go forward mm-hmm. in time. So not to say that there won't be like a gem here or there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. People think are te- is terrible. And then we watch it. And we're like, ah, we kind of liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's been, it's been quite the journey. Um, we have a handful of episodes that we're going to want to talk about and then we're going to have kind of what we're going to what we're going to call the end of season 1 here of the where there's a willis there's a way podcast and so we have three more movies left in this decade um though one of them will have an asterisk on it, which I'll get to that in a minute. The first one, which we'll do next week, is The Story of Us. And you know, Josh, we say this, but did we make sure that The Story of Us is available? (laughs) Time to go to uh, double-check our facts, as we are known to do now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's available for rent. Oh, good. Uh, We also... Good, good, good. I also didn't mention that we said last... Uh, episode that next time we were talking about six cents. Well, that's wrong. So, yep. Oops. <laughs> Go ahead, send in your correction. I will print it out and poop on it because we already preempted it with our own apologies. <laughs> what if somebody already sent us in a correction via text to me? Uh, was it me? No, it wasn't. It was a friend of the show, David, who, uh, had us on for the saucepan network. Mm. Um, oh yeah. That yeah. that's a good call out. We were on his uh YouTube show on the saucepan network, which should be airing shortly after this podcast drops. By the time you yeah, listen to think- it, you can probably find it. We'll uh put a link to his channel in the show notes. Um but 
yeah, so Story of Us we'll do next. Um, and the reason why we're skipping Breakfast of Champions, Josh, you want to explain our uh, conundrum there? Yeah, so a uh, friend of the show, David, was like, hey, are you guys skipping um, these these movies? And I was like, uh, we don't skip anything, uh, usually, um, unless we have good reason to. So then I went and I told Kendrick that, and then Kendrick goes, huh, okay, yeah, let me let me look this up. So he looks up Breakfast of Champions, and um, we use a, a website called Real Good. It's R-E-E-L good and then you just search for a movie and they'll tell you what streaming service it's on and wait hold on Kendrick you use on real <laughs> good i've never used real good in my life oh you haven't what do you use i use just watch <laughs> oh okay well regardless there's uh different things being used <laughs> and <laughs> and uh kendrick is like i can't find it on anything and i was like kendrick must must not have seen everything I'll go look it up on my uh, my little website, realgood.com. Yeah, real good. Real good. <laughs> and uh, I look it up, and then it's like, streamability score, zero, not available anywhere. And I was like, what? So then I look up, I have another website that I use every once in a blue moon um, that is to tempt me to get a VPN. And it basically says what other, um, what other countries have on their Netflixes. And so I type it in there, and they're like, we've never heard of this movie before. We don't know what this is. So we we have no no real way to stream Breakfast of Champions. It's not going to happen that way. Um, the other option that we could do is we could potentially buy a DVD and hope that it isn't scuffed or scratched. Um, but the DVDs run for like $30. So while, while no moonlighting as far as the cost goes... That's still uh, a little bit expensive as far as a movie goes. So I'm going to go check a couple of used DVD stores, hit up the Goodwills and stuff in the area, and see if it happens to be sitting on a shelf. Um, But that episode is, for right now, going to be set on ice to uh, be chilled for a little bit and then um, popped open later. If you're listening and you have a copy of Breakfast of Champions, um, let us know. We'll... we'll, uh, Josh should be... uh, we could get out the old projector and uh, screen, have a little movie night in the backyard, end end of summer Bruce Willis movie night. It's based on a Kurt Vonnegut book, um, so I don't know why it apparently is so like hard to find. It apparently is a bad yeah. movie, but that's never stopped us before. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it has not. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, uh, that was Breakfast of Champions. And then we already mentioned Story of Us. So we're going to end. Um, we're going to end our season. And we're going to have an episode coming out in a few weeks for The Sixth Sense. And the reason why we're swapping Story of Us and Sixth Sense, they both come out. Uh, I think they both come out in 99, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they do. Um, just a few months different. And... Uh, we have some guests lined up for Sixth Sense and the scheduling worked better. Plus, Sixth Sense, I think, will make a, a more fun discussion to kind of end the uh, end the season on and what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. After we're done with this season, we'll, uh, you know, I mentioned I'm going on vacation and Josh has some other things lined up. So we'll probably take a few weeks break and we'll probably be doing some other random miscellaneous things in there. 
uh, we have a couple other movies, non Bruce Willis movies we could be reviewing. And there's a couple other things we want to talk about, but, um, another, th- uh, another thing we want to try is live streaming some of the Bruce Willis video games. Uh, he was in two nineties video games. One of which was a fifth element connection. I think it was just called the fifth element. Mm -hmm. And the other one was apocalypse. Yep. Which I thought was like an Armageddon game, but I'm not totally sure what it is. Yeah, me neither. Um, but Bruce Willis is plastered all over the front of that game. So. It's got to be good. Uh, yeah, it it's has, gotta. It's it's uh, mandated to be good. Yeah, he best, wouldn't give best his seal mandated of to be good. Best mandated speech. Best no, mandated. okay. Uh, no, <laughs> I had to give it a shot. I had to give it a shot. I'm required to. You are, and you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. So, mm-hmm. it's Wayne Gretzky said that I think. So all that to say, we're going to try to put something together where we can maybe stream us playing that. He was also, Bruce Willis, they released a skin for Warzone, the Call of Duty game, where you could um, portray your favorite action heroes. And there's a John McClane skin, uh, and you can you know, walk around the game as him. I have played that game maybe three times in my life, but I went out and paid for that skin thinking, Hey, I'm a famous Bruce Willis podcaster. I should buy this skin. It does not make you any better at the game. I want you to know, uh, <laughs> I played for Dang maybe <laughs> an hour and always died almost immediately. Well, you know, video games, I don't know if you know this, but for those of us that are kind of bad at them, we live for those moments where we don't almost die immediately and whenever that happens once in a blue moon, that makes the game fun. So, yep. Mm-hmm. I don't even, yep. I'm, I have no, uh, no uh, disillusionment about ever, you know, winning. But if I can just not die for a little longer, you know, that's winning in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what is winning if not in your, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have anything to add to that. I, I can't. You know, that was a real good, you gave it a good shot. I gave it, yeah, and and you you shot one hundred percent of the misses you don't take, so yeah. Wayne Gretzky said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, another topic sure I would Wayne's oh. world said that one. No, sorry. Mm, <laughs> you miss one hundred percent of the jokes you don't tell. <laughs> I sure don't miss them though. <laughs> I'm not missing that joke. Uh. Another topic I wanted to ask you about was the concept of hate watching something. And the reason I ask this is I'm in a, um, like a book club for, for TV shows. Mm-hmm. And the, it's basically a sci-fi fantasy movie slash TV show club where we meet up once a month to talk about either a TV show or a movie. And, we are wrapping up The Leftovers, HBO's The Leftovers right now. Uh, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a three-season show. Each season's between eight and ten episodes. Uh, it's very critically acclaimed. I think it came out in like 2014, 15, 16 or somewhere around then. So it's not super new, but it's not especially old. Uh, the basic premise is like episode one, 
you know, a large percentage of human population just, just straight disappear off the planet and no one really mm-hmm. knows why. Uh, and so the, the show is, is dealing with the out with the fallout and other miscellaneous things. It's by Damon Lindelof, who also created lost, uh, and other, a whole bunch of other stuff. And none of us really like it in this book club, but yet we continue to keep voting for it, you know, month after month in order to do all three seasons. And we're meeting up next week to discuss the fi- the wrap up of, of uh, season three. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, man, I really don't like this show, but yeah, we're kind of almost getting joy out of suffering together while we watch it. But mm-hmm. I normally can't say I'm someone who would hate watch a thing. I don't know. I think it's just the 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 group kind of the group feeling of hate watching something. I don't know. Have you ever do you have any experience with this? Um so with hate watching a whole show, I don't believe that I have done something like that in a hot second. The most recent show that I've hate watched was um the show Revolution, which uh, was created by another of the Lost guys, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think J.J. Abrams was involved in some extent in the show Revolution. But it's about uh, like kind of a high-concept show where all the power goes out and there's no no electricity at all. So like guns still work, but you can't make more gun bullets really easily, so they're not super common and... Uh, people have kind of like broken up the U.S. into a bunch of uh, bigger like regions and stuff, and there's a lot of different interesting power dynamics and everything. And the show is bad. Like this one is not critically acclaimed, and I definitely watched through the entire two seasons, and I was like, well, good for me. But that was many many moons ago, so I haven't done something like that in a second for a show. I do, however, love hate watching bad movies (laughs) so i i watched a movie pretty recently called llamageddon um and it was where there were llamas that came down to earth and they were killing a bunch of people and wait came came down to earth where were they they were they're from outer space they're outer space llamas oh um yeah so i have a soft spot in my heart for that movie I have a soft spot in my heart for Love on a Leash, which I've seen twice or three times now. Um, movie's very, 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 very bad. Um, but I I don't know. I don't know. I like it. But I only like it within the context of watching it with friends. I do not like mm. watching those movies by myself. Because I have so many better things I could be doing by myself. I could be going and shopping for more food so I don't have to have water cereal anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. I could do any any sort of thing. Yeah, so. replenishing your yeah. water stash. Exactly. <laughs> uh, re-watering your plants. I maybe used to feel more completionist and I would watch, uh, you know, if I started a bad movie or TV show, by gosh darn it, I would finish it. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely started straight away from that i've uh just straight given up on things there's a podcast called reading glasses that is all about book and book culture and they it 
the posts, the hosts on that show talk quite frequently about dumping that book. If you're reading a book and you don't like it, dump that book, they say. Mm-hmm. So that mantra carries over to any other form of media. If you don't have a, you know, a obligation, you know, school or whatever to be reading something, dump that book, dump that TV show. Yep. Don't dump that That's podcast, though, if it's us, because we're worth it no matter what. And you have an obligation. Yeah, we'll get better. If you don't like us, we'll get better. <laughs> we, you, You'll be tested on this, so don't, yeah. don't stop listening. <laughs> um, yeah, the thing that cured me, I think, of my hate watching was I had several different friends that were like, Josh, you have to watch How I Met Your Mother. It's so oh, good. No. You have to watch it. And, you know, dear listener, it is... Um, subjectively bad so i did not like how i met your mother no no hate to people that like it no problem but i prefer a move or a tv show that doesn't like set up something interesting with a character and then throw it out the next moment and pretend like it has things that matter episode to episode but then the characters don't yeah not a fan not a I'm fan be right, uh right there be with episodic you. or be serialized don't don't walk in the middle and make your characters be whatever the plot needs them to be for that episode. So right no thank there you. with yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, cool. Thanks for indulging me in that conversation. Let oh, yeah. us move on to the Kendo Josh Movie Awards. So Josh texted me earlier today before recording, and he said, "Hey." have an idea of what kind of awards you think different movies should have won uh, for, for some of the Bruce Willis movies that we've come up with. Um, so Josh, did you have like categories you wanted to assign to us or did, should we just take turns giving out movies? Um, I had, I had a few, uh, a few categories that I had in mind. So I wrote down a few of them. Okay. And if you have any thoughts on any of the categories, you can let me know. I have three uh categories and their winners um so why don't we just take turns okay. doing a category and the winner then the other person can comment if they have a, an idea okay that sounds great uh i'll go first then since i have more okay so i'm gonna do uh two of them because they're related back to back um so i'm gonna do the best movie title and worst movie title oh okay so best movie title uh runner-up is striking distance and um, the winner is Pulp Fiction. Oh, that's and pretty then, good. Yeah, and then and then the the worst movie title runner up is Color of Night because <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me in the slightest. And the winner is Bonfire of the Vanities. Oh wow! So yeah, um, those, are, those are my couple of what or awards or awards. I think. Just off, the, if I'm gonna, if I were to answer this, just purely, you know, blind gut here that I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. um, best movie title in country. Ooh, that's that is a good one. Yeah. Worst movie title, Cosmic Sin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because that movie uh, is neither cosmic nor does it really talk about <laughs> sins. So yeah, okay. Uh, you want me to go? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I have an award for best use of animals in a movie being 12 monkeys in both the actual animals in the movie and in the title. Ooh. 
Yeah, that's good. I'm trying to think if there's anything better at all, and the only thing that's popping in my head is when the Doberman dogs were bad. And um, oh, there's a the couple movies that we had. Death becomes her. Mean, mean Dobermans, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of what the other yep. one was. Oh, uh, was it Four Rooms that had that? Yes, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, no, that's good. Good callouts. Good callouts. Okay. Um. So I'm going to give an award for what Josh found to be the most fun movie that we've talked about so far. And my runner-up is Hudson Hawk, and my winner is Die Hard. I think, and this may be recency bias, but I think the most fun I had talking about any of these movies was probably Armageddon, weirdly enough. Oh, yeah. Well, if we had like a most fun discussion, that'd be an entirely different one. <laughs> oh, well, you're just saying but most yeah. fun to watch. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. What, what was your winner? Hudson Hawk uh, Die winner? Hard. Die Hard. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have best song in a movie. Ooh. Runner up North. Uh, winner Hudson Hawk. Ooh. What was the what, what was the song for each of those? North is the Reba. Um, you know giant limo singing about food dance oh, right. dance song <laughs> and then in hudson hawk the best song is the one they sing as they rob the art museum <laughs> something about stars right yeah i don't even remember <laughs> the name of that song i just remember that was my favorite <laughs> song moment yeah, that was great that was so good and then um my next category was uh best non-comedic main willis performance so i kind of divided it up in a comedic non-comedic and um then for for a non-comedic i i further divided that into supporting and main roles so oh wow. i don't know if that's kind of like similar to what you have over there but my nope, best go for non-comedy main willis performance my runner-up is actually mercury rising i i really liked his performance in that one even the movie was around him was pretty uh pretty doo-doo um, doo doo poo poo. I thought that he did a really good performance in it. And my winner is 12 monkeys. Mm. So I, no surprise. I'm pretty sure we're going to give 12 monkeys like best in show for this, uh, these series of movies we've done so far. It might be interesting to revisit that after we finish, um, the next two episodes before we end this season of podcasts yeah. to determine if we still feel like 12 monkeys is our number one movie. Um, but yeah, we just know that, uh, like fucking story of us is going to take number (laughs) one spot. (laughs) Best, uh, non-comedy supporting, supporting Willis performance. So the basically like a drama or a non-specifically a comedy, uh, my first one for the supporting performance, my like runner up was mortal thoughts and my winner was Pulp Fiction interesting so, um yeah that's pretty good i think my runner-up would probably be in country again i, I think mm-hmm. that that supporting performance was really good yeah that is true maybe i didn't give in country enough uh enough credit on my uh my list mm. and then i had forgotten about it but i also had written down my worst accent um <laughs> award so go runner on up, armageddon uh winner the Jackal. Oh. Uh, does he have an accent, Armageddon? I guess just Southern drawl. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I meant 
worst accent in a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> oh, 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 yes, not Bruce Willis's yes. accent. Gotcha, no, not gotcha, specifically. Gotcha, gotcha, no. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, okay. Do you have any more? Yeah, and then the last one was the best comedy Willis performance, and my runner-up is Hudson Hawk, and my winner is North. I think. Hmm. So I was going back and forth on those two, but I feel like he is just so funny in North, like him in the the big bunny costume Mm -hmm. and like all the like little poppins that he has into the kid's life. Mm -hmm. I thought that he was really funny in that, that movie. I mean, we talked about this in our North review, but we were unsure if he was just going to be a narrator for a few lines or if he had an actual role. But when I saw him in that bunny costume, I was like, "Er, Josh, we got to watch this movie together. (laughs) This movie seems bananas. (laughs) indeed indeed Uh, my final award for the strangest poker game goes to nobody's fool (laughs) where they just like open up a poker game scene and it's partway through the game and like three characters or two characters are nude completely Mm -hmm. just from the (laughs) get-go yep and no one's really sure as to what they're doing in the game but they just keep betting cars and clothes and yeah, someone bets like their car and another another person bets their shirt and I'm like are those things equivalent? <laughs> hey, it's a really nice shirt or a really really shitty car. Yes. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Uh all right, cool. Well, yeah, thank you for coming to the Kendo Josh Awards. Yeah. I, I always appreciate that. We'll be sending out our statues uh soon, so if you won one of those awards, check your mail. <laughs> Oh, so silly. So, so silly. I love how we're like complaining about having to buy a $30 DVD and we're like, oh no, we can afford to ship and make gold <laughs> statues for everybody. Yeah, we, that's a tax write-off. But. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> true, but the IRS is going to be like, breakfast? You guys went and got bre- Nope. Yep. That's the uh, the denied, um, you know, like little uh, ink what the, what the fuck am I talking stamp? stamp. That's the stamp getting denied. It's not the stamp getting denied. It's the it's stamp of denial. It's the paper using the stamp. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, I, like, am so, so, so exhausted. I forgot to say in the update, but I did a bachelor party the other day. And it wasn't, like, wild and hedonistic in any way. We just (laughs) stayed up really late, and I'm just, like, perpetually tired now because I didn't get enough sleep several Uh, nights ago, and now my body is just taking revenge. Yes. Uh, That will happen more and more as you get older. Damn it. And once you're in your (laughs) 30s, even if you get eight hours of sleep, you still feel that way. (laughs) No. Uh, Well, Peter Pan had it right. Uh, to make peanut butter instead of doing anything else? Or what do you mean? To stay young? Oh. Wait, Peter Pan. Oh, I said right. Peter Pan, right? Yeah. I didn't like make up some... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I think could think of was Peter Pan peanut butter. Uh, you know. Uh, classic Peter Pan uh, peanut butter. Man, peanut butter sounds good. Mm-hmm. Once we're done mm-hmm. here, I'm going to go make me a peanut butter and something snack. Uh, all right, Josh. Let us talk for a little bit about the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. 
gotta be kidding me. You're gonna risk the entire mission for a mental defective dress as a court jester. It's coming from a guy that wears a toilet seat on his head. We don't leave one of our own behind. Hopefully Harley's still alive. No funny business, Colonel. These are dangerous people. Team two is clear to go. Fire up. Three, two. What are you guys doing? What? You, we're, we're here to save you. You were gonna save me? It was a really good plan, too. Well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. That's patronizing. I'm so sorry. Harley Quinn. Bloodsport. You know the deal. Successfully complete the mission, you get 10 years off your sentence. You fail to follow my orders in any way, and I detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull. So this is the famous Suicide Squad. Any questions? Hand. Yes, that is your hand. Very good. We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. This is suicide. Well, that's kind of our thing. When they get you out of here alive. I'm going to get you out of here alive. Oh my god, we've got a freaking kaiju up in this shit! Uh huh. So I'm going to read the description off IMDb Supervillains, Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at. Bella Revy Prison join the super secret, super shady task force X as they are dropped off in the remote enemy infused island of Corto Maltese. This is the follow up to the, what did we say, 2016 Suicide Squad? Yes. And then there was the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie. Um, so, like I mentioned, we're going to have a little bit of thoughts and then we'll just go full spoilers. So I'll let you know when we go full spoilers. But before we do that, Josh, what did you think about the suicide squad? I, I enjoyed it. So I watched it at aforementioned, um, bachelor party and the, the, um, movie I was expecting it to be like very guardians esque because obviously James Gunn, wrote and directed guardians movies. Um, but yeah, I, I should also say, expe- Oh, go ahead. Oh, Oh yeah. And then I was, so I was expected to have like that sort of humor and everything. Um, but I wasn't entirely expecting it to be as like seventies action movie inspired. Um, and I, I really found myself liking it, but I was, I was definitely not expecting what I ended up getting. And I think that that was a good thing for the most part. What about you? Same here. I knew James Gunn directed it. I am not the biggest superhero f- fan to begin with. 
Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to like litigate any Marvel versus DC movies. I've liked some of both. I've li- liked or I've disliked uh, a lot of both. So uh, I can't can't claim to be particularly fond of one of those comic book properties more than the other. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I had really no idea what this movie was about or what I was getting into when you just said, hey, I watched Suicide Squad watch it and maybe we can talk talk about it for a little bit and i was like okay sure and yeah a lot of fun a little long it's over two hours Mm -hmm. but it totally leans into its r rating which i think held back a lot of uh disney's marvel movies because they don't give them r ratings so this movie owns that r rating to the fullest and I think it makes it super fun. It feels like it's a Guardians of the Galaxy ripoff. And I know that you could say that about a lot of comic book stories because comic books are as old as time and they're always ripping off of one another. But this movie definitely feels like it's Guardians of the Galaxy, but with a little with a different coat of paint and an R rating um, mm-hmm. and not set in space. Uh, but yeah, I had a blast. I there's the f- comedy was hilarious. Um, oh, yeah. I love Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Um, trying to think of anything else. Oh, Idris Elba was great. John Cena was a lot of fun to watch. Like the cast, <laughs> all all really worked for me. Uh, oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the cast really worked well. I thought that the. I, I do agree that the pacing was kind of a little bit off and like the movie is divided up in the title sequences where they'll be like, here's the title of this chapter of the movie. So it feels very comic booky in that way. And I think that it doesn't work all the time, but it works enough of the time to where I can kind of be okay with it. But if they had, yeah. uh, I, I, just want to say i love those title sequences i lo- i thought the the an- they're animated into the scene using whatever the scene is so if they're in the trees like the tree branches will spell out the title sequence i loved all that mm-hmm. i thought it was all like super cool and fun and like interesting to look at uh if they had done it so um the justice league uh zack snyder cut or whatever that you know that was released recently mm-hmm. on hbo max they released it and on the uh, player in HBO Max, it had the chapter headings, so you could see, you know, where the chapters are. If they had done that for this movie, where I could be like, "Oh, I'm going to pause it here and go do something else for a little while and come back and know that I'm, you know, three chapters from the ending," um, I think that would have helped. It it's just yeah, uh, that was just a bit that just went on. It just kind of went on too long at points. Um, yeah. Not a lot of like major plot twists that are big surprises. It's just you know once once the movie starts, it just keeps going. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about before we just dive into a little bit of a spoiler talk? We'll blow the spoiler um, horn. Trying to think if there's anything else that I missed. Oh, I thought that the the filming of it, the like cinematography and everything was done pretty well, and all the action scenes were easy to tell what was going on and they were shot well to where you could follow everything that was happening and um, still made it exciting and everything like that. So I, I did appreciate that. I 
went ahead and I watched the 2016 Suicide Squad today just because I was maybe morbidly curious. And I was like, wow, this new Suicide Squad movie improved on the old one in basically every single way possible. <laughs> so, yeah, but especially the the filming I thought was was great. And I loved the 70s action-inspired kind of take on this this world and i also loved getting to see so many lesser known characters be in in the movie like i'm not like a polka dot man fan or i wasn't (laughs) prior to watching this movie but i knew of him because i'm a big dc comics fan and i was like oh dude this guy's the stupidest character i'm so excited to see him in a movie and yeah he's he's fun so yeah uh i I appreciated that it it had all that stuff that I think people, you know, like yourself could really enjoy. Um, but it didn't feel like I was missing anything. It just felt like here's a bunch of miscellaneous characters and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, it can be poking fun at its material while also, you know, paying homage to its material. Um, yes. And there's a line in the beginning when they're kind of assembling the crew, uh, where they introduce Idris Elba's <laughs> character of Bloodsport, and they're like, "He's an elite assassin. He can, you know, use any item to kill somebody." And then they they're like, "Okay, we're gonna round up your gang. Each one of these people has like a unique and good ability." And the first come to John Cena's Peacemaker, and they say, "He can use any item to kill." And you know, he's an expert marksman. And Idris Elba goes, "That's my uh, special power." Like I thought you said, we're all unique and interesting. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is hilarious!" Like the fact that. There, in comic books, there's so many expert, quote unquote, expert marksmen's. Yep. Uh, you know, there's a, like a whole bunch they didn't even talk about in this movie, but it always oh, yeah. cracks me up. Yep. Yeah, they did a they did a really great job, just like poking fun at it, and then also doing it kind of self referentially and taking the world itself serious enough to make a good story or make a enjoyable story. Not not like it's gonna blow your mind or anything, but it was very enjoyable. Yep, it also stars uh, jo- Joel Kinnaman, I think is how you say mm-hmm. his name. And he was on um, For All Mankind, that TV show Ooh. I shouted out recently. Oh, that's why he looks so goddamn familiar. I was yeah. like, where have I seen this guy before? I had the same kind of thought process of being like, what do I know this guy from? Oh, right. Uh, uh, yeah, so, okay, let's stop now we're gonna spoil this movie if you don't want to be spoiled for 2021's the suicide squad and ostensibly i would say any other dc movie related we might inadvertently spoil uh go ahead pause now go watch it come back it's on hbo max and before you pause it thank you all for listening if you are leaving right now i always appreciate it yep what's the plan how much less than You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? Uh, okay, so there's not a lot of plot to spoil. You know, you're introduced to bad guy, they spend the movie killing bad guy, at the end, bad guy dies. Uh, yeah. I think my favorite part of this is when they go, they're working on Project Starfish. And then I think it's John Cena who goes, uh, Starfish, that's often uh, slang for butthole. Is that related? And they're like, uh, what? 
And then he's like, no, not related. Like his little notebook. Because uh, that thought crossed my mind when, that, when they were talking about starfish. And I was like, wait, starfish, isn't that slang for butthole? Man, I lost it when that happened. So funny. I also yeah, love the this... opening when they introduce all those characters and they just oh, immediately yeah. all die. And they're like, okay, well, uh, now, now team two. Yeah. I've read some fan theories that apparently that was supposed to happen. Like that uh, it might've been like the goal of Amanda Waller to set up um, Black Squad to uh, give him a communique to the Maltesians to get betrayed later. So that the other team can go in and actually do the mission, which is kind of an interesting thing when you think about it. And like all the people that were from this first Suicide Squad movie are on that team. And then it's other people that I think that uh, she would be fine losing. Whereas like the person that she knows can carry out the mission and stuff is on the other team and stuff like that. Mm. So interesting, interesting theory for sure. But. Yeah, it was it was great. I also my favorite sequence in the movie. I laughed so hard when Idris Elba um, as Bloodsport and uh, John Cena as Peacemaker are having this competition where they're trying to kill all these guys in a camp, and then it turns out that the guys that they were killing in the camp to go rescue the Joel Kinnaman character, Rick Flag, it turns out that they were all good guys and they just killed a ton of good guys. Um, by accident was so funny. <laughs> I read some people say that they, they figured that out and they were like, oh no, the whole time. that I did not figure it out until they were like, oh, these are the good guys. How come I wasn't alerted to you guys coming up? And they're like, oh, I, I didn't see anybody, not at all. Um, yeah, I thought that was great. Also, I loved, uh, more than I expected, I loved uh, King Shark or whatever his character was. Sylvester Stallone as King Shark. Yeah, King Shark was so good, and it's in the it's in the <laughs> trailers. Great. So, uh, if you're listening and you you know haven't seen the movie, the scene in the rain when the lightning strikes and he like rips a dude in half. Holy moly! Yeah, that scene was great. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh! That's that's what I'm saying when it this movie uses its R rating to the max. This, extremely over-the-top, gruesome, ripping dudes apart, pulling their heads yeah. off, oh, killing yeah. starfish. Yep. Is a giant starfish, <laughs> is that a DC comic thing? That like, is a DC comics big villain. Is <laughs> it? A, like, wow. big deal. <laughs> is, it, is it similar in this where it's just some space thing that they grabbed um, and brought to Earth? I think so. Or? I think so. It's called uh, Starro. I do know that. And if I Google Starro, Starro the Destroyo or whatever it was called. Starro the Destroyo. Uh, looks like it does do the face sucky thingy in the comics as well. Mm. Um, I thought of head crabs from Half-Life. Oh, yes. It does give off that vibe, does it not? Oh, yeah. He can do a interstellar travel. It's capable of flight. Um Good Those little baby stars were, uh, you know, flying like crows. That part was creepy when it like pooped out all those little babies and then that. Oh yeah, they start flying around like birds. Oh yeah. Um, the <laughs> if you look up the weaknesses on the Wikipedia or the DC fandom wiki for Starro, um, in the movie they kill him with an by going into his eye. 
but in the comics, apparently, his vulnerabilities are cold, a anti-starfish toxin, okay, a, a power limitation against lead, and vulnerability to garden lime. Um, so I don't know if like a bartender one time got him or something. I don't know. Mm. I I think garden lime. <laughs> you get you get a lime like mineral to put in your uh, soil oh. for keeping out pests. But I don't understand oh. why. Uh, like limestone. Yeah, I don't know mm. how. I'm curious as to what that um, what that you know where that would have come up. I don't know. Maybe they, is there a little like Wikipedia ask citation link? Oh, there is, there is. Let me go back and unopen this closed tab. <laughs> yeah. So garden lime, uh, the, Oh, it's from the brave and the bold, which had a TV show made off of it. Um, it's a justice league like run. Uh, and this issue was in 1959. So, hmm. okay. For a lot of things, I don't know anything about the Ratcatcher character or Ratcatcher Two, which I thought was the quite the <laughs> name. But uh, I enjoyed her and her performance. Her father is played by Taika Waititi, uh, yep. one of my favorite actor filmmakers. So that was a fun little cameo. Oh yeah, I I liked uh, a lot of the like side characters that they had in this. Like Nathan Fillion's in this movie for like a few minutes, and yeah. he's great as he, that character is made up for the movie. But there's a pretty similar character in uh, DC Comics. I believe his name is Arm Falloff Man or something <laughs> like that. What um, uh, his name's TDK, <laughs> but what does TDK stand for again? Uh, the Detachable Kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Arm Falloff Boy is the. Uh, oh the my kid. gosh! <laughs> what a name. Yeah, and he's in Legion of Superheroes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Have you seen any of that show on HBO called Doom Squad? I think it's. I think it is. Oh no, I haven't. Um, I have liked a lot of DC Comics properties. Like I have a very soft spot in my heart for the um, the oh Doom Patrol. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've heard. I've heard good things. Yeah. It it looks good. Um, I definitely like a lot of older DC comic shows, like the 90s stuff. So Batman the Animated Series. I haven't seen any Superman the Animated Series, but I've heard it's very good. Love Justice League. Love Justice League Unlimited. So mm. I, I definitely am a big fan. The other thing that I did as a kid was I, what I would get, like uh, encyclopedias of DC comics from the library. And like spend hours reading through different characters' backstories and stuff like that, and their superpowers and limitations and stuff. And so then every once in a while, a movie will come out and it'll have like the detachable kid, and I'll go, "Oh, that's kind of like Arm Falloff Boy." And I'm like, "Why do I? Where did that come from in the deep recesses of my brain?" <laughs> oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good stuff, good stuff. But yeah, what what do you think? Uh, if um if you were to replace one of the characters in that movie with Bruce Willis, who do you think uh who do you think you would sub out? Oh man, great question. Great question. I th- think 
like by the numbers, he would probably replace Idris Elba's character as the straight man, regular fighter guy. But mm-hmm. uh, I think Idris Elba did a better job, so I would I wouldn't oh, do yeah. that. I wouldn't make that choice. Um, say or John Cena again, being kind of the antagonistic. I think James Gunn described him as douchebag Captain America. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think if if you know if you were to formula formula replace him, I would probably say that. I think if I had my choice, uh, maybe the bad guy. I mean, I know he's supposed to be, it's like a Spanish era, you know, Hispanic Island, uh, mm-hmm. or Caribbean Island or wherever this island is. At. It's a fake, I think it's a made up island, right? Corto Maltese. That's not a real place, yeah. is it? Um, he would be a good one of the bad guys. That scene where Harley Quinn in the like seduces the bad guy, and then just immediately kills him, I thought was pretty funny. That was so good. I uh, I would love to see um, Bruce Willis play the the part that Peter Capaldi played as the thinker. Oh, I'd love yeah. to see Bruce Willis running around with a big giant stupid looking thing on his head. Yeah. That'd be great. That that'd is be funny. great. But yeah, please uh, put put Bruce Willis in one of these superhero movies for the love of God. Yeah. I would love to see him play. And we've said this before, but I would love to see him play a bad guy in, in any superhero movie. Just give him something to completely chew the scenery, be, be a complete maniacal bad guy, make him as CGI mm-hmm. as you want. Like he doesn't have to do much. He can, it could all be VO for all I care. Just give him some evil role to do. Yep. For sure. I was thinking VO, and then I was like, could he have played King? No, he couldn't have played King Shark. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I guess not. I don't think he would have done as good of a job, but... No. If they ever give get Weasel to talk. Yeah, I guess uh, it, according to IMDb, uh, Weasel is played by Sean Gunn, which I assume is James Gunn's brother. Oh yeah, so it is James Gunn's brother, and he also does the CGI stand-in for other characters. So he's the CGI on-set stand-in for um, Rocket in the Guardians movies. So if you Google oh. Sean Gunn Guardians, um, <laughs> it that's, like uh, you'll see a picture of him like in a big old green suit, and like the guy that plays Drax has like his hand on his head or whatever. <laughs> It's that so is hilarious. <laughs> uh, I don't follow DC um, filmmaking news that closely. It seems like the post-credit stinger was kind of leading to some new event. Uh, cinematically, I don't know. I. Are you familiar? Do you know what they're talking about in the end when they're reviving uh, John Cena's character? Oh, yeah. So they're making a spinoff show on HBO. Oh, okay. That's what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I Which think, some people think might be a prequel, but it could also be a sequel. I don't know. I, uh, My favorite of the superhero movies, both DC and Marvel, have been self-contained stories for mm-hmm. the most part, because I feel like any time the the property has to really plug into its overarching thing, it can be confusing. And especially if you watch it with other people who maybe have not seen all the bits and then they're like, why is this guy here? What's going on here? I think that's where stuff really falls apart. Um, yeah. 
So I was glad that this movie, even I had seen the 2016 Suicide Squad, couldn't remember anything about it. So uh, I was glad that it didn't rely on anything more than kind of knowing the premise of what the Suicide Squad is. Yeah. And it, it's pretty, pretty basic on its premise and does a good job explaining it, even if you don't know it in the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Um, have you seen the Harley Quinn one at all? I have. The Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Yeah. yeah I really liked that movie. Yeah, I definitely liked it a lot more than the first Suicide Squad, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The first Suicide Squad was like very so-so by the numbers mm-hmm. uh, with those other early DC movies. And I just kind of thought that was going to be the same way. But then Margot Robbie really took hold of that character and started producing a lot of their her own work and giving it more of a direction. So I think mm-hmm. she's really kind of pushed that property forward i think by doing the mm-hmm. harley quinn you know movie and all that stuff i loved the moment in this movie when they go rescue harley quinn and then they show up and she's just like tapping him on the back like what are you guys doing here and then like we came to rescue you <laughs> <laughs> yep that was that was amazing and then john cena looking at like some lady just in the place and he's like i have a shot lined up on the only person that's in the building the only person in there i am ready to take him out (laughs) i'm ready to kill him (laughs) she's like i can go back in and have you rescue me if you want oh yeah that part was great i loved it yep yeah it was if you've seen the you've seen machete right Mm, oh it's been a long time okay it kind of felt similar to that but with superheroes and i like machete so i liked it so yeah uh okay well any other thing you want to shout out i did a brief star trek connection for suicide squad i couldn't find anything other than like some stunts people so Mm. it's unfortunate really bruce willis is what really seals the star trek connection yeah i don't think that we're obligated to have to do it like we don't have to invent somebody yeah there was no bill clinton in both of those movies I wonder how much money you'd have to pay Bill Clinton to be in your movie if it was like a superhero movie like this. Did you know, um, are you familiar with who James Patterson is? I think is his name. The author. That name sounds really familiar. I think that's his name. He basically writes uh, spy thriller um, akin to Tom Clancy books. And Mm. they're... They're the kind of sim- like John Grisham, the kind of stuff you'd see in air- airport bookstores or uh, supermarket bookstores. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, his name is usually like a bigger font than the title. Those kind of books. He just yeah. recently wrote a book somehow in conjunction with Bill Clinton. I don't know. I don't know if Bill Clinton actually did anything. Uh, I just know that it's the book is called, I think the president's daughter. And it's usually kind of on the front. It's all over the place. If you go to the, grocery store or whatever and you look in the magazine aisle you'll see bill clinton and james patterson make the president's daughter what uh, so that's yeah. wild maybe we could get him to also make a podcast <laughs> yeah there we go just came out this year the president's daughter with bill clinton that's funny there's no wikipedia article for it yet i don't believe oh Hey, that's your opportunity. Oh boy! Well, I finally realized my. Oh, never mind. It is popping up. 
I oh wait I no it isn't it. oh <laughs> there's a lot of other uh like uh other things that it's found but that book is not popping up on there that's funny well out of all the things that i could do today that is not going to be one of them go read that book and then write an article about it yep nope not a chance <laughs> uh all right well um i think we can probably wrap it up there this has been a fun conversation uh agreed we end up having more to talk about than i thought we did i kind of sat down today and was thinking like here's some interesting topics i want to talk about with josh and here we are uh well into an hour and a half ish and uh it's been great so yeah likewise always enjoy the discussions that we have so thank yeah. you uh thank you for bringing this up and uh thank you to all of our listeners for sticking along with us uh to our 30 plus episodes we appreciate all of you yeah thank you we appreciate you uh stay tuned to our twitter and facebook for updates on new episodes new content uh those maybe if we get those live streams put together or or you know video streams put together like we talked about uh yeah send us suggestions for maybe other new releases that you want us to chat about on these little bonus uh episodes um you can email us willisraypod at gmail.com and you can find me on twitter by searching joshing carter and you can find me at k martinix that's spelled k-m-a-r-t-i-n-i-x thanks everybody Goodbye. Bada-ba-bing.